Hi, friends. Welcome to episode 205 of Motherhood in Hollywood. We are back after a an extended break um, from uh, everything that's happening in the world. I don't know about you guys, but I have definitely needed a break. Um, but we're back, and I have a really great episode I can't wait to share with you guys. So here we go. Come on, Mama. Grab your popcorn and goobers. It's time for Motherhood in Hollywood with your host, Heather Brooker. This is a crude prude's perspective on being a full-time mom in showbiz. She's not a perfect mom, but she can play one on TV. Hold on to your butts. Here's Heather. I cannot tell you how many times I start talking with this microphone and then immediately stop and delete it because I feel like I sound ridiculous. Um, Hi, friends. How are you? It's been a minute. I took uh, a month or so off after our last podcast because, quite frankly, there's a lot happening in the world um, and I wanted to give space for myself to breathe, but also like everybody else to breathe without me cramming my podcast down your throat. Um, but I'm grateful to everybody who is back and listening again. I have some wonderful episodes coming up. My guest today is Becky Brooks. She is the executive director of the Alliance for Women in TV and Film. And she also um, is in charge of the Gracies. They are the Gracie Awards, which um, you may or may not have heard of. And she's going to explain what that is. And she's also just such a wonderful advocate for women in television and film. And I cannot wait for you guys to hear more about what she does, what their organization does, and um, maybe even see how you can get involved. Okay. Um, Also, really quickly, I want to give a quick shout out to my friend, Allie Levine from the Strip Down podcast. She had this wonderful idea and messaged me the other day and asked if I could shout her out on my podcast. And then she would shout me out on her podcast and um, really just kind of start this promoting of ourselves, you know, reaching out to other people to promote our podcast. Because one thing people may not know about podcasting and podcasters is that Unless you have, unless you're like Adam Carolla or Joe Rogan or one of the huge, huge celebrity podcasters, you're doing everything essentially for free. We record in our homes or some people rent out studio space or some people may even be on like a smaller network, but um, smaller independent podcasters, um, we do everything for free. I do everything in my office, my little home office that I've created here. Um, I book my own guests. I edit my own shows. I obviously do my own interviews. I write my own jokes. You're welcome. No, uh, <laughs> everything that we do, we do on our own. And it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work to maintain a weekly podcast. You wouldn't think so, but it really is. And then you promote it. Um, you know, I've been really lax about promoting my podcast lately. It's so bad, but I just have so many other balls in the air that I feel like something's kind of slipped through the crack and I'm trying to get better about that. I'm trying to right that ship a little bit. Um, so I'm so grateful for Allie um, making this suggestion. I would love for you guys to check out her podcast. I was a guest on it. She was a guest on my podcast last year, if you want to check out her episode as well. Um, and also, it doesn't hurt to just support other women and and um, seek out new podcasts, right? Right. So if you're like me, you are getting ready for some distance learning. That's right. It is almost time to start school. I can't believe that summer is gone. Next week, Channing starts the second grade. And like many, many kids across America, she will be doing it from our dining room. And I mean, that not to say that a bunch of kids will be in our dining room. <laughs> There's not 
That came out wrong. There's not going to be many kids from across America in our dining room. Um, what is going to be happening, though, is she's going to be doing some distance learning. And I know a lot of other parents and kids are in the same boat because we are still dealing with this coronavirus. And it's especially um, it's still ugh, it's still happening here in California. We just can't seem to get it together, guys. It's getting a little better. I watched a health report today that says it's getting a little better, but we just we got to get a handle on it, guys. Come on, wear a mask. Just wear a mask. Um, social distance as much as you possibly can. And, um, you know, hopefully we can, you know, get past this and uh, move on to phase two. <laughs> Yay. Um, so I'm, I, my, my heart actually is really, is pretty sad for Channing. And my heart is heavy for her because she's such a social kid. And she's been such a trooper this summer, spending most of the summer, I mean, all summer with her parents, which is not awesome. And most of the summer inside or, you know, in our backyard, um, we have a puppy now who's been incredibly entertaining and keeping us busy. That's for sure. But it's still hard because our babies are so social. Um, at least, you know, Channing is, and I know she desperately misses her friends. And so my heart just hurts for her. And, um, yeah, I've been working a lot, still chugging away at NBCLA. I just interviewed Rob Schneider about his new Netflix comedy special. Um, I got to talk to him about Saturday night live. You know, when I first moved out to LA, I wanted to be on Saturday night live. Everybody always told me you're so funny. You got to go to the groundlings. You have such great characters, you know, you'd be so perfect for that show. And then I had an agent at the time who told me, oh, you'll never be on Saturday night live. You're too fat. Um, they'll never hire somebody who's overweight on Saturday Night Live. And then a few years later, they did. They hired A.D. Bryant. And I feel like that um, I should not have let somebody get in my mind in that way or get in my head that way, even though I trusted this agent um, to guide me and give me great advice. I just, I don't know. We, we can only trust our representation so much and hope that they're guiding us as actors and performers. Um because there's very little power in being an actor. You can't just um, put yourself on a set or put yourself in a movie. Somebody has to cast you in it. A producer has to hire you. A director has to want to work with you. And there's a lot of moving parts as actors that kind of make us feel helpless sometimes. So that brings me back around to why I started Motherhood in Hollywood. And one of the reasons why I love this podcast so much is because it's my little nugget of the world that I feel like I have control and that I have some kind of creative license with. And so if anybody's thinking of starting a podcast, I highly recommend that you do that. In fact, just this week was my five-year anniversary, or I should say last week was my five-year anniversary of doing Motherhood in Hollywood. And I was so, I'm so grateful to every person who has taken the time to listen, to download, leave a comment, subscribe. If you haven't done those last two yet, please take a moment and do so because podcasting is, um, is entertainment that we're providing to you for free. So please take a minute and show us some love online. Uh, if you can, I also was so honored to be recognized by a podcast magazine. Um, I was featured in their issue this week in the TV and film section. Um, and a beautiful write up by Rob Actus. And, um, he talked about my story and what I do and why I started motherhood in Hollywood. So check that out. If you get a chance on podcast magazine and, um, yeah, Wow, I guess I should talk to you guys more often because I've literally been yammering on now for almost eight minutes. 
So apparently I need to get back into the swing of things with my podcast so that I don't have so much pent up um, to talk to you guys about. So don't worry. We'll have more episodes coming up, more fun things for you guys. And uh, as we get back into the swing of things. So for now, I'm going to wrap up my mommy on a log and get to the interview with Becky Brooks. Enjoy. Hi, Becky. How are you? Hey, Heather, I'm great. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. I mean, um, as we said earlier, sort of all things considered, there's a lot happening in our world right now while we're having this conversation. <laughs> right. Everywhere around the world. And yes, just when we thought things couldn't get any crazier um, with COVID, then it did. Yes. And then it did. Um, mm-hmm. I would like to talk a little bit about um, what you do and mm-hmm. how um, media is involved. So tell me a little bit about that. Sure. So, you know, my role is as the executive director of the Alliance for Women in Media and our foundation. And we are an organization that has been around now since the 50s. And we were born out of the National Association of Broadcasters in the 50s. So a group of women got together realizing that they were some of the few female executives uh, that were in media at the time and formed this group, which was originally called the American Women in Radio and Television. Fast forward, you know, 60 plus years and and here we are. So how media is involved is in in everything that we do. Um, AWM is a really fantastic, unique organization because we're we are an umbrella So we have radio, television, and interactive media all within our purview. And so we're serving executives and uh, the up-and-comers in media, college students, all within the window of of what we do and have been doing for, again, more than 60 years. And that's both in front of and behind the camera and microphone. Now, when you say the word media, um, I want to know, like, what exactly that means? Because for me... I've worked in the media, in the press Mm -hmm. um, for over 20 years, right? but I feel like that term has sort of evolved a little bit. Do you, does media um, mean more than just your local newscast or your, or the press? Yeah. So it it is the word media. You're right. It's just like the word interactive media that we use as our sort of bucket for podcasts, for example, where we recognize of our Gracie awards um, and so that term at one time made a lot of sense, but now interactive media is a really broad term. Mm-hmm. And so media for us in our world um, it is just as broad as what you can imagine, because like I said, we do um, for the Gracie Awards, for example, that's where we're recognizing talent. And you know, so the, the, the faces like yours that we recognize on the screen and or here on the radio. Um, and, and we're also recognizing the producers Um, And then and that's the Gracie Awards throughout the year, our programming and another awards program that we do, the Gracie's Leadership Awards, are focused on the executives. So media in that in that form is are the people running the companies. So and again, very specifically on the we've really worked with the executive women running those media companies. So you're right. the, The word media has gotten is broad. And, but what that means for us is, again, radio, television, and that sort of digital or interactive media, and we're focused on the education and connection of the executives, but then the recognition side of it, which we believe is still so important right now, 
the recognition of women in all forms of media. So let's talk a little bit about that. Why is it important to highlight women specifically in in the media? I know um, it's traditionally feels like it's been a, a male dominated mm-hmm. um, industry as mm-hmm. far you know as far back as I can remember from the old radio announcers and news you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I would just like to know why is it important uh, and why does your organization think it's important to highlight this? Mm-hmm. So you, like you said, you've been in a, doing this for more than 20 years. So mm-hmm. you've been living it. <laughs> so <laughs> you, you know it as well. I mean, I know why anyone. I think it's important. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so, and the reason that we do is because of all the reasons that you live and experience. And that is, you know, we can look across it, uh, you know, traditional award shows. And again, the Gracie Awards is 40. This is our 45th year. So we've also been around for a really long time. But what is still clear is that it's still needed. Uh, there is no greater night and day than the Gracie Awards Gala when every person that goes across the stage and does an acceptance speech or every video that we see and the content that we're celebrating has been produced by a woman or for women, or is about women. And that is so needed still now more than ever, just because again, there's still so much room for growth. You know, we still see programs being launched by networks that say, you know, we're trying to bring in female directors and we're bringing in female producers. And and because we still see that, we also know that this is still relevant. And, you know, we, we sort of joke like the utopian world one day might be that an organization like this doesn't need to exist. Mm-hmm. But we know that it does still right now, especially the recognition and that connection and the education that we're doing. I mean, it is, you know, we we have used the phrase in the past sort of the, the add a girl that doesn't happen in such an authentic way in any other place. And and the other part that's really amazing about it is, it, again, sort of goes back to the idea that sitting in one room, you know, for our gala or our luncheon where our local our local news is recognized are, you know, you can sit in one room and Jane Polly was, you know, recognized with a Lifetime Achievement Award. And then you have the local news broadcaster also sitting in the same room. And then you also have local radio talent. So all in one room are people who are those local news talent that are digging in day in and day out. And you also have the Jane Follies of the world in one place. And so it's it's inspirational. It's empowering. And the reality is, like I said, we just know that it's still needed because you can look across the spectrum. Like you said, more than 20 years ago, you experienced it and you still see it today. And And so we just we know that it is still a necessary part of recognition and it's just a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to be together. And is it specifically for broadcast uh, media? It is not. So if you can picture the true definition of all women in media, it is, um, you know, on the television side, we're broadcasting cable. Um, It's also news and entertainment. So, you know, you've got your, you know, scripted programming as well as unscripted programming. And then you have your news broadcasters, uh, you know, both broadcast and cable. And then again, podcast hosts like you um, who are, you know, involved. And then we also have on the local side, local television, local radio, 
and then the world that we can all you know know is so important our students so across all of those categories we also have in television radio and interactive media all student categories as well so you're literally bringing together all of those groups so let's talk about how media itself is perceived these days mm-hmm. um and i and i mean and i'm I, just for this moment i'm talking specifically about the news media whether uh-huh. it's print or broadcast radio whatever mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um there's been a lot of rhetoric about um calling the media fake news mm-hmm. um just trying to discredit the media it, as a whole mm-hmm. um and i would love to know <clears throat> what your organization sees happening mm-hmm. um is it having an impact on sort of the front lines of, you know, media and journalists and how they're, it's impacting their jobs. Mm -hmm. And is there anything we can do about that to sort of shift the narrative so that people start trusting the media again? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's been, um, you know, the last five years since I've been involved has been such a a massive evolution. Mm -hmm. And from every movement that we've been experiencing. And of course now, yes, the the term fake news seems to be one that, you know, everyone is familiar with and can be of course, incredibly maddening for, for everyone who are out there doing the front lines. Mm-hmm. And, and I do, of course, I think it's impacting what, what you are doing and what our local news stations are doing and what the national news is doing as well as entertainment because that can be lumped into it. Mm-hmm. And so of course I think it's impacting, but I also think that it is shining a spotlight on how important it is that what our news is doing. And that's, you know, in thinking about our conversation today, what we've been talking about is how the the people that we recognize within AWM, they are literally front lines right now, both telling the stories of COVID-19 and now over the last week and a half, literally being front lines in the middle of riots. So the job is so critically important in getting facts out there and getting people informed and, and how the movement of also the power of your local news, how important that is, you know, people walking, watching their local news stations more than ever you know, governors across the country with daily news press conferences that haven't happened ever. And so the the sort of the combination of the amount of content that everyone is watching is, you know, has been more than ever, but it is still, while, while if you hear and focus on just fake news, that can be frustrating. The reality is what, what we're talking about is how important their role is more than ever, get out there, get the facts. And the reality is there are also so many different types of news that you can consume more than there's ever been before. You know, So depending on if you want to consume something that matches only your views, or you get to match, or you get to watch something that gives you variety, all of those are options. All of those are good options because you do have options. But the responsibility is still on journalists to get out there and have the courage to tell stories. And that's what we feel very strongly about and are really focused on celebrating is their courage, all of the journalists and the producers and the executives to keep pushing to do what they're doing right now. So 
for the Gracies themselves, um, mm-hmm. how are people nominated? How are uh-huh. women, um, wh- like, what are some of the categories that they can be nominated in? And, and um, uh, how do they win? Do they find out that night that they win? Is it like the Oscars kind of a thing? Or <laughs> do they know yeah. in advance? <laughs> so we, um, so it, it, anyone is, has the ability to enter. We work very closely with networks. We work with publicists. We work with lots of different people throughout the year who can enter themselves or they can nominate someone to be entered into consideration for a Gracie. And we're super proud that over the last, you know, five years, we've more than doubled the number of people who are entering because we've just really been focused on getting out there and getting in front of people and saying, this still matters. And what we're seeing is people agree with that. And then we go through the process and and it is a two-step judging process And I can tell you judging weekend is we have both a virtual judging experience and then an in-person judging weekend. And we bring together more than a hundred experts in media who go through a vetting process, who judge all of the entries. And then they go through the process. It's, you know, and we get to, we sit in a room and we make notes of all of the shows that we realize we need to watch. We make notes of all the podcasts that I didn't even know existed. And now I'm going to add that to my listening list. And we have boxes of tissues because of, you know, hard news categories. And, you know, then we laugh because of comedy. Um, So it is, you know, again, categories of comedy and the ones that you would expect to see lead actresses and producers and directors, um, as well as online programming. And, uh, you know, of course, We've talked about podcasts, but the different varieties of podcasts. And then out of that weekend, um, winners do find out in advance. Um, We are not an Oscars moment. Your Oscars moment is um, (laughs) when we notify you in advance. Um, And we do that for a lot of reasons. You know, one is because we want that night to be really focused on one of the things that's really important to us is it is about the content that is submitted. So we talk a lot about celebrating content. So for example, the night of, you know, the gala, every single winner who is there, their 30 second clip of their content is played, whether you do a live acceptance speech or not, because that's really important to the heart of who we are. So we want to make sure that that night we have the content that you feel strongest about of all, you know, of your winning piece is actually shown or listened to that night. So for a lot of reasons, we tell people in advance and then we all get together and have a party at the Beverly Wilshire and, um, and for our gala, which is our national television and our national radio and our podcast. And then we have a luncheon in New York, which are our local radio, our local television and our student awards. So two separate celebrations to make sure that we get everybody in. And how do you think, just based on kind of, <clears throat> like you you brought up a really great point that over the last five years, things have changed so much in the world right. of media from scripted uh, yep. television to, you know, uh, journalists and things like that. Everything has mm-hmm. changed. Yes. Um, what do you see are some of the changes that could be or should be made in media over the next five years? Mm. You know, one of the, I, I heard something the other day about, you know, talking about websites. Like if you start, if you're trying to start a website right now, you're too late. You know, you should have done that 10 years ago. And, and we can see that with podcasts, you know, think of how many podcasts there are right now and you can get overwhelmed by the amount of content. So I think that will certainly be 
an evolution. We, you know, for example, we see radio quote, quote traditional radio companies referring to themselves as audio companies now. You know, they're they're because they they can't be pigeonholed into one Just bucket. Radio, yeah, That's right. And and that makes sense, right? Because you know we have some of our honorees this year are now you know have won in a, a quote radio category and are now being recognized for their podcast. Um, and so that's what we'll, we know will continue to evolve is just this sort of blending of different types of media. The world that we're living in right now with everyone working remotely is also sh completely reshaping how everybody thought we were capable of working. You know, doing a broadcast from your basement, who would have thought that that would be feasible? I read the most interesting a piece the other day about, you know, was, this was about the banking industry. And somebody said, you know, uh, if if our bank had had to, it was a big national bank had decided that we were going to have 80%, 90% of our uh, workforce working remotely, we would have had an 18 to 24 month review. There would have been six committees. And after that long, we would have come back and said, the risk is too high. We can't do it. But yet in 24 hours, we had no choice. We were all working virtually. We were all working remotely. Mm -hmm. And so I think that will also impact how we go back to offices and how media companies can continue to blend into each other. And it's one of the things that I think makes us unique and exciting is because we actually are literally bringing together in one place at times, radio, television, and interactive media people to actually learn from each other so that you can talk about how, how you might approach audio versus how you're approaching you know, the television and, you know, so all of those executives have the ability to come together under, under one roof. So it will continue to evolve because number one, the pace at which things are moving clearly isn't slowing down. I mean, how fun is it that now you see people, you know, you're fun and yet scary that the reality is we're watching people on their cell phones recording themselves. <laughs> that's, that's where acceptance speeches are coming from. That's mm -hmm. where, you know, it's all... But the refreshing part of it is it's there's so much, and I certainly won't say everything, there's so much that's really authentic about it. And I think that that's been refreshing is the authenticity of we're all in this together right now, and maybe that will be a theme that we can continue with. I you brought up so many wonderful points there and I totally agree with you. And I'm, I, as someone who not only has a podcast, I've had my podcast for five years now, so I hope I made it in before, um, everything got too, <laughs> too saturated. Yes. Um, uh, I do feel like I was behind the curve with my website for sure, because I've kind of, that's a whole area that I'm, I struggle with a lot is like how I'm not a blogger, you know, I'm not, mm -hmm. you know, that kind mm -hmm. of media. But, mm -hmm. uh, it, but that's not really of interest to me. I'd much rather have like conversations like through my yes. podcast. Yes. Uh, but in addition to that, I'm also a, a journalist and a reporter for NBC mm -hmm. here in Los Angeles. And uh, my focus is on digital content. So I see the evolution, at least from my end, of how um, I tell stories, how I talk with people. And one thing for me that was kind of empowering and kind of refreshing when they were like, when uh, all of these stay home orders kind of came down, I was like, mm -hmm. Oh, I already kind of do that. Like right. I already set right. up to do that because of the digital nature mm -hmm. of my business and my job. So um, for me, 
I feel like in the next few years, media could evolve, whether it's, you know, you're working on scripted television or journalists and things like that. It could evolve into a more work, work home, um, what am I trying Mm -hmm. to say? Work life Mm -hmm. balance. Right. uh, that is a little easier for people to do their jobs, make it. And I, I'm a social person. I say that knowing I love to go to red carpet. That's mostly what I cover is red carpet mm-hmm, events and Hollywood, mm-hmm. you know, and things like that. I love all of that stuff, but I also love getting up in the morning, casually getting my coffee, you know, um, right. my day and not feeling like I have to just like rush to get across town. And there, there's definitely a more, an ease to what I can do and I'm able to still produce the same quality of work um just from my home so I think that will be interesting too now that we've all kind of seen oh wait Mm -hmm. we can still tell stories Mm -hmm. we can still create television shows and we can still work with each other but just doing it from our home and not have to be clocking into an office um every day that's been an that will be an interesting I love that for me you know, I love that. I'll, I'll be curious to see if this part of what's happening in our world will carry over for the next several years and more and more journalists will start working from home and doing more things digitally. Right. Well, like you said, you suddenly have a cadence that is really different than the frenetic yes. drive and the, all the things. Now, there's also a frenetic nature to what we're experiencing right now that eventually will change. But um, like I love, <laughs> I love your post of you and your daughter with your sneakers on and saying that's like my favorite part of the day is your walk. And, yeah. you know, I joke, well, we just had family walks number 7,222, <laughs> but, but you're right because now we can say, well, we're all working, you know, we're working from the house and, you know, the kids are doing school from the house. And so we can just say, pause, take a break. The weather's great. Let's go outside. Let's in, enjoy that for a minute and then we can come back to it. So I love everything you said. And I agree that now we've been forced to realize, oh, stop and slow down and say, I can do that. I can do this. Yeah. Yeah. You, I, I think what I like is that it's nice to know the option is there. Yes. Because there's yes. one thing my husband, you know, he um, used to have kind of a long commute. Um, he's a freelance, um, not freelance, he's a consultant for, he's uh-huh. a finance managing consultant. And he used to have a kind of a long commute for a while with the company he worked with. And he would get home every night. He was so tired. And the whole day was mm-hmm. gone. And he just mm-hmm. felt like he was missing out on so much. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's a part of me that, w- you know, Miss is going into the station. We're not allowed to go into the station right now. There's only right. essential personnel and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, there's a part of me that misses that a little bit, but also I'm okay with just being at home and kind of doing my own thing. And, you know, so I'm curious to see how that work-life balance will evolve with media and, um, you know, scripted television and programming and stuff like that as we yeah. move forward. I agree. And, and, um, you know, all of us are living just like you, you know, <laughs> I, I have kids, you know, per your podcast, this is mm-hmm. part of the life we live. Right. And, right. You know, so I had to say to them, I'm going to be on a conversation and you are not allowed to walk in the house (laughs) for the next 45 minutes. Just give me a minute. You know, so there's just this new um, and yet there's also real grace and forgiveness being given when there are dogs barking and kids talking in the background and all these things. And so I don't know if you heard, but just about five minutes ago, my mom, my daughter just walked in and goes, mom, can I have a snack? And I'm like, get out of here. You find it. You didn't hear that because I gave her the the death stare that said, (laughs) get out. (laughs) 
she is officially aware of the death stare, as yeah, are my children. She was like, I looks she like, froze, and I was like, oh my god. So that's yeah. the real look. That's that the, the go come in look. look. <laughs> there's there's definitely um you know there's definitely moments like that, but you're right. There's been a lot of grace, yeah. um, and a lot of uh people understanding that we're all sort of in this same boat. Um, mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's wonderful. Um, everything you're doing and everything you're doing with the uh, the Gracies, I look forward to hopefully getting to go one day and attend. Yes. Maybe, uh, maybe I will nominate myself. Yes, <laughs> yes. We need we need you to be there, and wouldn't it be fun if you were there yes. covering it this year? Although that is yeah much more challenging this year, but yes, absolutely, in the future, absolutely. it's just it's a great it's such a it's such a great night, and it's so fulfilling and yes, you need to be there for so many reasons. And, and we want to continue to do it for another 45 years. And yet, like I said, in a perfect world, when all when all things are utopian, maybe it won't exist. But in the meantime, we're going to keep doing it, because the recognition is really important. Keep advocating for women in media. And I think that's a wonderful I think it's wonderful. I really do. Well, I'm going to put up information about the Gracies and about your organization on motherhoodinhollywood.com, my website that I started, taught myself how to code and everything (laughs) so I could do it. (laughs) Impressive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, so I'm going to put all of that information up. Becky, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me. I know there's a lot happening in our world right now, but this is a, a message I think it's also very important for people to hear. So I appreciate your time. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Heather. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for me. I hope you all have a wonderful week. Remember, I'm not a perfect mom, but I can play one on TV. Bye. Mama funny. Balls.